Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold, but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. you are and however you happen to be listening we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to dlc your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week ritual and hello fresh they're bringing the show to you dlc of course the show all about games in their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who joins me in saying wakanda forever mr christian spicer hello christian Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. And yes, uh, go listen to Chadwick Boseman's 2018 Howard University commencement speech. It is truly inspiring. It was incredible then and viewing it through the lens of what he must have been going through um, and the world we're living in now. It's even more so. He was speaking directly to the students at Howard, but I think it applies to everybody and um, it, it's truly worth listening to. Yeah. Uh, what a, what a, what a, just an amazing guy he, he seemed to be from the outside. And I've certainly watched a lot of clips uh, in the last couple of days, just, um, really recognizing and, and like you said, recontextualizing through the lens of, of what he was actually dealing with in his personal life. Uh, all of these press conferences, all of this, you know, uh, shouldering the, both the, um, the responsibility of, of heading up a billion dollar film franchise and, uh, and the honor of doing that and, and really doing both with grace and having, uh, some wonderful things to say to, to fans and people who are inspired by the film and the characters he's played. Um, yeah, it's a loss. It's a very, very sad thing. Um, and it hits the geek community, which is why we started there. Well, we do have a lot of things to talk about. Oh my goodness. Do we? We had Gamescom this week, so we're going to march right through all of the huge announcements of Gamescom and talk about the games we are playing. The big releases are, are there's no stop to big releases, but they're even ramping up more as we head, we, t- we take the turn into September, into, uh, into fall, just around the corner. Uh, and we have, ladies and gentlemen, a fantastic guest to do this with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because once again, DLC stands for designing locomotion into characters because we have senior animator for Riot Games. And I'm just going to say it. 
our new favorite guest. Don't tell oh, all the other guests. Don't tell any of the gosh. other guests, but our favorite guest, Lana Bashinsky. Hey, Lana. Hello. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so flattered. Man, getting a, getting my own DLC acronym intro again felt very, very good, very special. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and so excited to talk with you guys about Gamescom. Yeah. Um, I do want to say one note quickly um, based on what you guys were just talking about um, for any of the game developers who are sort of looking at or any developers, you know, filmmakers, comic book creators, anybody who is out there creating, looking at the impact that just one person can have on such a wide community of people and really consider in your next project how much representation matters. Take this to heart. And carry it forward, carry on the hope and the the beauty uh, of of that level of inspiration with you into your next project, please. Yeah, beautifully um, said. Beautifully said. Yeah, that's great. Thank anyway, you for saying that. Yeah, uh, and you know, we should just say right at the top, you have a new project, right? You have a new uh, source of inspiration for people as well, aren't you? Uh, launching a uh, a new way for people to learn animation. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you brought that up. Kind of. Yes. So, <laughs> you so, kind of got it right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I just announced that. What day is it? Sunday. T- today is. Sorry, my brain. I didn't even think to say that. But yeah, uh, I'm working. I've partnered with uh, VFX Apprentice, which is a, an online um, sort of take it as your own time educational thing for people to actually learn how to make the visual effects for video games. I guess visual effects in general, probably applicable in a variety of ways, but specifically the effects of is run by Jason Kaiser, who was working uh, at Riot Games for a met, like wide number of years left recently to dedicate his full time to this project. Um, and I was lucky enough that he sort of reached out to me with the opportunity to create the animations for the functional vertical slice game that students who want to learn visual effects are working in. So I'm very excited to see how my animations are zazzed up in the extreme and made to look way better than they are by all these people who are making visual effects. And the games industry and many industries are starving for visual effects artists. It's one of the coolest careers you're doing, sort of like a bit of tech and a lot of art, working with a ton of different disciplines. It's so much fun. Definitely check it out. Um, You can find the tweet with all the info and the link to the ArtStation page with the full class details for the 2D visual effects class at VFX Apprentice on Twitter. Um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I'm really excited yeah. about it. No, it looked really cool. I just saw you tweet about it and it got me excited too. So uh, uh, it's something that I've always wished I had more talent in. And uh, <laughs> so now I can admire it from afar in a new way. So yeah, uh, yeah very cool. All right, uh, we got lots to get to. So let's jump right in. Normally we would start with story of the week, but ladies and gentlemen, it's the summer of games. It's the summer of games on DLC. You're going to get hyped up and the news won't live up to your expectations. So it's such a, it's such a bummer. Um, maybe, maybe the news will live up to your expectations. Have you ever thought about that, Christian? It's the summer of games on DLC. I messed up. I messed up. I played the same one again. <laughs> Didn't it live up your expectations? Did it, Jeff? I messed up. I messed up. Let's try that again. It was, was going to be such a sick burn, and then 
and then I and then I messed up. It's the summer <laughs> of games on DLC. You're gonna get hyped up, and it pretty much lines up with your expectations. Yeah, right. It might pretty much lines up with your expectations. All said and told, this intro exactly lined up with my expectations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, we have the one word exceeds your expectations, too, but I can't find it. I've misplaced it. I really messed this all up. I feel, anyway. like, I feel like you need the opportunity to have like a one that's a question like, and uh, who, you know, who knows how it will line up with our expectations. And at the end, we can all vote and then play yeah. the winning. That's what we should. Yeah, that's what we should do. Now that the summer is over, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> next year, next yeah. year, next year. Anyway, thanks again to Sean Madigan for making uh, three. You heard two of the three, <laughs> three of those. Uh, but let's get into Gamescom because Gamescom, though it could not be a physical event in this year of uh, insanity that is 2020, uh, this year of 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 COVID. We still had a virtual Gamescom headed by a virtual Jeff Keeley, uh, and his, in his virtual, uh, volume, I guess. So he stood in this uh, kind of crazy virtual set and talked to people like Doc, Dr. Emmett Brown, for example, uh, for some reason. Um, it was quite a wild intro to, to the Gamescom event, such as it was Gamescom as an event. I, I mean, it's such a strange thing to even talk about it because Gamescom, so much about it is is fans getting to go to a place and do things. And there were some online demos that you could participate in. But I think for our purposes, Gamescom really was that opening night event for the most part. And there were all, it was a two-hour affair uh, that, that Keeley uh, hosted and, and had uh, all kinds of game announcements. So I think Rather than having us pick out any particular uh, favorites to start, we'll just kind of step through all of the announcements as much as we can and uh, and talk about it as it happened because it was there was a lot. Um, so firstly, there was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. They kicked it off with one of the biggest franchises in the world debuting its campaign uh, cinematic trailer. And uh, we're in the 80s. We're in the Cold War. We've got a digital Ronald Reagan. Lana, what did you what did you think of uh, the trailer? Uh, the trailer, you know, it's beautifully done. Uh, Ronald Reagan. Of course, they have that big surprise. I think maybe, I mean, obviously, I don't know who the audience is, but the reveal of like Ronald Reagan, I'm sure somebody else is like, oh, my God, Reagan, I love that guy. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> much about like the hype of like the face reveal of like mr president you're like mystery president just kidding he was real maybe this was too uh i don't know i hope hope there's uh, i hope there's nancy dlc you know what i mean oh my gosh i would play nancy dlc for sure which is just oh my god yeah um but yeah i was like that's a cinematic uh for call of duty like sort of real world just realistic war i'm like eh, not really my thing but yeah. beautiful beautiful facial it's gonna be big it's gonna be big and it might very well be fun uh the trailer to me just was all kinds of weird like you know politics aside which i i have a hard time putting politics aside anytime but let's do politics aside for this portion of the discussion and say it, it's super weird the just the tone because it's trying to be excuse me it's trying to be gritty 
and uh, and real. And yet there's like a meeting supposedly in the White House with the president where everyone's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, may- maybe there were those like uh, transitions, you know, they were way yeah. ahead of their time. They just walked <laughs> in. It was really sunny outside. It was like there was three characters in that cinematic that were like out of a movie of uh, of. Uh, you know, that you would see in the Cold War, and then three characters that were out of a video game, and they were both in the same thing at the same time. It's like Duke Nukem is sitting in a room with Ronald Reagan. It just felt very odd to me and dissonant. Uh, but you know, the game will probably be cool. Christian, what was your take on the Cold War trailer? I'm not, I'm not in particularly interested in the game or that story they're telling. It, it's I feel like when you go. Uh, this isn't my parting gift, so I can say it now. Bill and Ted face music, super fun. Um, but when you go into a world where you're depicting real life people uh, fictionally, it, it's 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 a delicate line. Like, it's do they? Is it you know? Is it Kevin Spacey and whatever advanced whichever one he was in, where it's like he's the guy, but then he's bad. Like, is Reagan bad? Is Reagan good? Is, is Call of Duty going to walk this moral line of like gray area Cold War or is Reagan like tear down this wall and everybody's like, ah. I know that's not the 80s, but like, you know, it's like Madonna. They, they're going to play Led Zeppelin. Like, is that what you're saying? They're, they like, play like Led Zeppelin. Virgin, after you- like a virgin comes on and everybody's like, <laughs> like a virgin. Like, I don't know. It, it seems I, I feel like the, it could have been an easier tone to hit if it just was made up stuff happening mm-hmm. around this time. I think when you add a real life historical figure with a deep and depending, you know, how you look at it, potentially complicated legacy, it 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 yeah. really makes a difficult story to tell. So I'm On, I, online gamers, online gamers, get your politics out of my games. <laughs> also online gamers. Well, Reagan. <laughs> I'm super oh good. Gosh. I don't I mean I thought No Russia was interesting when it came yeah. out. Like Call of Duty has had uh, cultural zeitgeisty moments. Um, this, I'm, I'm curious, but I don't trust them to stick the landing. But I sure as heck hope they do. Yeah, there's the, I feel like there's a world where it's like uh, there's nothing going to be like incredible scrutiny, like down to the most minute detail of being like actually the threading on this type type of uniform, blah, 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 like whatever it's going to be. Uh, or it's going to go full a movie like uh, Inglorious Bastards, where like the ending is just totally different. It's like, oh, yeah, we actually did get the bad guy in this one. And people are like, I guess that's the story you're telling. And that's like the big shrug. So maybe yeah. they just jump the shark on whatever like history might actually be attached to it. And they just want the face of it almost like I always think of it's almost like showing off that you can do a face yeah i think there is that i mean we saw that later on in the in games commerce like oh carrie fisher look at that looks really like carrie fisher yeah. uh so yeah i mean we're there and and cool but uh yeah it does feel more like like a south park character than it does you know hey look it's the they use the actual picture of kanye or tom cruise or somebody in the in south park it, it doesn't feel like a uh a franchise that's interested at all in creating any kind of verisimilitude. It's just the gee whiz. Look, I recognize that face mm-hmm. in the same way, as you, as you said, Christian, in the same way, it's, Oh, gee whiz. Look, it's Kevin Spacey. I recognize that face. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't mean to be cynical about it. I just, I've no, the fact that it's set in the eighties and has Reagan in it does not make me think it's going to actually have any insights into <laughs> history in any sense, you know? Yeah. 
it's not about that, right? It's a roller coaster ride. So that's why it's interesting that they use him, right? Like, uh, (laughs) you know, to Lana's point uh, of uh, Quentin, uh, in my opinion, he picked two pretty easily vilified people (laughs) to further vilify (laughs) who Hitler and uh, Brad Pitt. The Manson murders and Hitler, and I don't, I don't think Reagan is that character. Nor do I think, to a lot of people, Gorbachev is that character. Um, I, yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. All right. Well, we got lots of other games to talk about, but yeah, I think that kicked things off in a very dissonant, weird way for me. Uh, (laughs) But then we uh, we moved to. I, I think I'm doing this chronologically. I may, I may get things a little bit weird, but I, I think the next one we moved to was Unknown Nine awakening which is a new uh a new ip and looks triple a and really exciting we saw again just a title reveal and cinematic trailer but the thing that has me so excited about this game other than the fact that the trailer i thought looked pretty slick is that it's it comes from uh the dude who made uh assassin's creed and far cry 2 and the dude that started cirque du soleil what what is that that's a strange pairing right so uh what did you think of that trailer this is um uh i i think it's uh what indian set set in india is that right Mm -hmm. and uh a girl who evidently has some sort of non-specific power to stop things in a way i don't know if it was time i don't know if it was phasing people out but she can do something cool yeah it sort of looked like uh when frodo puts on the ring Sort of like right. how yeah. he's hanging with the ring rights kind of abilities. Uh, I thought the trailer was gorgeous, definitely intriguing. I mean, just the location and the sort of atypical protagonist immediately sort of presented is is very, very appealing. Um, but I am, I feel a little bit bad that I'm kind of turning into that p- person who's like, the cinematic is beautiful, sets the mood. But I just want to see gameplay so bad. Just any hint of gameplay. Like, I just want to see it. I want to know anything about what the game will be. Because I do want to play a game. And I would probably watch that movie too. But, like, the point is that I want to see a game. And so my thought was, like, yeah, that was a cute, like, not cute, but, like, a very cool short. I'm What's behind that brick? I'm excited. Who knows? It's it's interesting because I think everybody feels that way right it's it's a unanimous feeling that everyone is like hey when you tell us about your game tell us about the game and not the world or the setting or the you know the tone in a cinematic trailer and yet every single triple a marketing plan is announced with a cinematic trailer and then gameplay reveal is a separate six months later or two months later or whatever it is it's like i don't understand because I don't think anybody is clamoring for that. And yet somebody thinks that works because everyone does that. I think it comes, I don't, somebody might think it works maybe back in the day trying to get like pull in a new audience. I almost feel like it comes from like this long, deep seated, at least I know in animation when I was in school, it must still happen now where there's this idea that if you're not animating for film, you're like a second class animator. Like you are mm. like a crappy animator. And I feel like games sort of had the same thing. It's like, oh, film is the height of actual media storytelling. And mm-hmm. so game developers, I think, often had to use some more cinematic moments to try and be like, 
prove ourselves. Look, we're telling a cool story. You'll be a part of it. Um, it, it feels almost like y'all don't have to prove anything anymore. We are quite well established. I think we do an okay. Show us the game. That's what that's yeah. what we want. Yeah. I wonder how much of it is that you can make the cinematic independent of the game needing to be done. Like, yeah, it can be done on a date, you know, because you've sent it to a company that makes trailers. Yeah. <laughs> Batman, I think with Arkham Origins had that awesome Batman Deathstroke fight and it was made by that. I'm, I wish I had looked it up before I started talking, you know, incredible. They'd make a bunch of awesome fight trailers and it's, it, it sets the tone. It's this thing that can come out. Um, I mean, not everybody can make a K-pop video to announce their characters, you know? Like, <laughs> What's you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I, don't, I think the point is that like you say, I think maybe it's because you're doing them separately, but if your trailer was just gameplay captures, like I can put together a snazzy trailer of gameplay captures set to music in a week. Right. Yeah. No good like, point. You, you won't need those months of time beforehand with another team doing something. If you I just, just gameplay is done. I think they have a vision and they know what it's going to be. And then someone in chat said it was blur that Epic open world. So I will trust you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and then you give those, you can give that to somebody and I don't know, I'm just thinking, but you can give that to a studio that creates that type of thing and say, here, here's the look, here's a character design, go make us a short film. (laughs) And then the next day they call up the developers like, so we're making a game. (laughs) Yeah. And you also don't have to deal with, Hey, look, those puddles don't reflect as much as when you showed it a year ago, you know? Yeah. But uh, then if you we're going to get to it in like a, a fraction of a second here, but you look at the dragon age four first look, that's like a true first look. Yeah, right. Like there are ways that you can show elements of it that without needing the cinematic and people will see like a, a more true reflection of what they'll get versus just the mood setter. And it's, I'm not saying that the cinematics are bad. I mean, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I just feel like it, there needs to be a, a partnership. Just give me some of both. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, between uh, this and Dragon Age 4 was uh, Doom Eternal, the Ancient Ones DLC reveal, which is more Doom. I don't think we need to talk more about that. Uh, it looks looks cool. If you're into Doom, you're going to get more Doom. Uh, underwater Doom, in fact, which looked kind of rad. Um, but let's talk about that Dragon Age 4 first look, because uh, Bioware has been a you know been talking about Dragon Age 4 for a long time. It's not like it's a mystery that they've been working on it. We know that they're working on it. And this trailer was basically the the thesis of this trailer was we're working on it <laughs> and it's going to be cool, everybody. Um, yes, we got to see a lot of really amazing, stunning concept art and some sort of uh, early test animation stuff, mm-hmm. but really didn't get a sense of what the game was at all. It sounds like... Lana, it sounds like you are you were a fan of of seeing this this early and getting a sense of the world through concept art from this trailer. I think it's interesting as a strategy as far as being a developer goes. They showed lots of different sort of flavors of concept art. Like there's some more, there's some kind of concept arts that look like they'd be on a Hearthstone card, and then there were some concept arts that are like these hyper real environments. There's like creatures like there's such a mix of different things they have sort of the the the, like the light fly-throughs of certain environments like showing off so much like so many different pieces of concept art it's interesting because i feel like now the people who are avid dragon age fans can sort of help guide development in a certain way like they don't know which of these 
concepts are being selected. And if maybe right. there's one that they don't anticipate leaning into, but then people are like, oh my God, did you see the girl with the dagger underwater? Oh my God. And they're like, I guess we're doing underwater combat. Like whatever it is, there's like little moments that people are excited about. I think there's one where there's like a girl and she's holding like the back of a, uh, like sort of a caravan, like holding up this larger woman who's just looking just pissed off. And the internet is like, who is she? She's amazing. And like, that clearly just looks like some kind of weird, fun moment somebody painted, but maybe that gets to become some kind of focal point in some way that they weren't expecting. Um, I mean, I've, I have no insight into what their development's like, but it just seems cool to show off so much concept. Um, yeah, it just seems like a cool taste of the possibilities. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, there was part of me that really loved seeing all of it. And there's another part of me that just goes... I, I kind of don't understand what I'm, the takeaway from this is supposed to be. Like, I assume Dragon Age Four is going to be cool. I'm excited for it. I know you're working on it. It's it just the, my takeaway is wow, it's really far away, right? This <laughs> game is not near. Uh, and I guess that's okay. I guess it's like, hey, yeah, we're 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 doing this. Don't don't worry. We're working on it. It's going to be really awesome. And there's lots of really excited people that are passionate about this project, making awesome art to create these worlds i'm into that but i'm also like well just let me know when i should start getting excited because it isn't now it seems to me you know i feel like i might have an unfair attachment to it because it has a a lot of very glamorous shots of edmonton my hometown in the background and i'm very homesick (laughs) so i'm like the game the concept sure but do you see that bridge oh my gosh the high levels in the background i love that oh you know my heart yeah uh, Christian, where, where do you come down on this uh, this idea of seeing this now? I like this kind of approach. I, I think it is interesting, and it's one that doesn't seem overdone. You know, it's not something we've seen a bunch of people do. So if you are going to talk about something before it's, you know, Bethesda out in two months kind of a thing, I like this approach to it. I also think that part of the reason they were showing it now potentially is to start to reassure BioWare fans. BioWare has, you know, kind mm. of been in a rough spot for a bit. Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't a huge hit. Anthem, you know, they're, they're going to change it. It's going to be Anthem 2.0 any day now. It Total revamped Anthem. Like, they haven't had a blockbuster that really captured the zeitgeist in a big way. And we've known about this game, and Dragon Age holds a place in a lot of people's hearts and i think after mass effect kind of taking the turn it did with andromeda i think this is the thing that a lot of people have pinned their hopes on and so i think this kind of early first look was just like we get it we're doing it right we're going to take our time this is going to be an awesome game and, and i hope it is yeah i agree um then we had a section of the presentation that seemed like hey let's mash up two Things that don't belong together at all and see what happens. Uh, we had Doc, <laughs> Dr. Emmett Brown uh, from the, the, the character, not, not, a, not a person, <laughs> the, the character, Dr. Emmett Brown, introducing Surgeon Simulator 2, which feels to me like somebody went, oh, you know what would be cool is if we had a doctor announcing the Surgeon game and the, somebody else in the room was like, who is the coolest doctor you've ever heard of? And there was like, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. <laughs> and then and then nobody vetoed that. You know, everybody was just on board 100%. Um, 
So yeah. I, I did not understand. I thought that moment was bizarre and kind of stilted and weird, but you know, it's cool I thought seeing. it was like the inadvertent ultimate letdown of the whole thing. Like Surgeon Simulator 2, <laughs> may- maybe there's people who were like, like if they just presented it, they'd be like, oh, nice. I like the first one, whatever. Doc Brown shows up yeah. and like a Back to the Future game. Oh my God. Like I'm getting all hyped up. I'm like hoverboard. What's going on? I'm so excited. And then it was Surgeon Simulator. And I was like, boo. And like nothing against Surgeon Simulator, but the like distinct whiplash. Yeah. Was yeah, like, totally. What are you doing? It's like what if somebody, it's like if somebody had the sound effect of, and then a and then a lightsaber turns on, and then they were like The Sims. Oh wait! Oh, no. oh wait! They did do that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, well, we will get to that. Uh, but the other weird mashup that followed Surgeon Simulator Two is a Walking Dead bridge constructor game, which nothing says. Uh, dealing with hordes of zombies like building bridges. So uh, another thing that uh, kind of doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, cool. Uh, then we had a Sam and Max reboot. Sam and Max, the old point-and-click adventure game, coming to VR. So I- I'm excited, but um, never was a huge fan of the Sam and Max games, but I know they are charming, fun uh, adventure games. Uh, and then we get to uh, a significant amount of time spent on World of Warcraft Shadowlands, uh, they gave a firm release date, October 27th, which basically means my life is completely over because there's like a three-week period when it's World of Warcraft expansion, cyberpunk, and Assassin's Creed. So like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Like, just tell my family I love them and I'll be whatever. Uh, and then they showed this uh, very extended, um, cool uh, animated short uh, that sets up one of the... Uh, one of the, what are they called? Um, one of the new realms, but it's they, they have these very specific names for them in the new expansion. Anyway, uh, Uther and the Bastion storyline. Um, Lana, I'm assuming that uh, as a former Blizzard employee who's worked on a lot of art from the game, uh, you thought this was cool. I definitely thought it was cool. Uh, this is where things most people only internally know I don't know that much about World of Warcraft. Like, oh, really? I never played it. I my favorite thing actually, play, uh, making World of Warcraft characters was my favorite thing to make for heroes uh, because I knew so little about most of the lore. And there's this guy, Noble eighty seven, who has these ex- like very long explanations of the lore behind certain characters. And they're like twenty minutes long. He has a, a little uh, Scandinavian accent. He's like, yeah. Hello, everyone. Today we're talking about Uther. And he'll just go through like Uther's whole thing. It's, and I would just take this time to do all this research. And then I felt uh, not knowing less about it actually empowered me to do a more like find the, the beats that people thought were iconic about it, but do like a unique spin. So I'm excited about it in the sense that like I watched it and I'm like, cool story. And then I'd be like, my brain was like, Uther with wings sounds like a dove skin. Like that was where my brain was going. And yeah. so I, uh, yeah, I just never really got into WoW. I wanted to when I was when I was younger when it first came out, but I didn't have the the cash to, to yeah. pay up every month, so just never did. Well, Christian, um, my life is officially over at the end of October. Uh, I don't. I I literally don't know how I'm going to find enough hours to be into a wow expansion which i always go into hard like it's not even fair that they're putting out in the fall 
Don't put out WoW expansions in the fall. They're supposed to happen in the summer when people have time. Uh, but now it's just happening two weeks before the other huge role-playing games that I'm super excited about. And this one's got ray tracing, Christian. They're bringing ray tracing to World of Warcraft. So what am I supposed to do? I mean, the good news is um, Spider-Man and Ratchet and & Clank aren't coming out anywhere near then. Um, you know, and new consoles aren't coming out. And there's really nothing else to do. There's not thanksgiving and yeah your family yeah and the potential end of the west of western civilization you know all of that stuff um i know i'm gonna anger a lot of listeners when i say this but i'm officially hoping for a cyberpunk delay (laughs) i'm officially Uh, hoping that game gets delayed (laughs) oh man that's very funny i know Everyone will hate me if that happens, but I, I, I like just push it. I need, I, I need some room in November to I breathe. If anything, um, with everything that's going on and has gone on at Ubisoft, and including high-level people working on Assassin's Creed, if one of those gets delayed, I'd pick Assassin's Creed. I mean, they both both could be delayed at this point. Who no, knows? Either will, but I think if I had, if I was a, if I had to bet, that's where I'd throw my chips. Yeah, I feel like we would have heard of another delay by now, but you know, it's not even. It's barely September, so. I mean, how many more like scandals can Ubisoft have? So, dude. Yeah, don't ask questions you don't want to hear the answers to. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, it, it was weird putting World of Warcraft back to back with Warhammer mm-hmm. because they're basically the same idea. I thought that was a strange juxtaposition, but uh, they touted it as a new universe coming. To video games, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground was revealed, um, which, uh, you know, looked very Warhammer-y. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 had a funny trailer uh, introducing the flashback tapes. And then we got to Outriders, which, Christian, I know is a game that, based on your early play uh, playtest or a, um, a vertical slice of it, you are very excited about. Did you get and glean anything new from the new trailer? Not really. I'm still very excited for it, but it was like, oh, and now I'm now even more excited. I think it's a game I'm very much going to like, and it seems to be on track, which is exciting, right? It wasn't like they showed this kind of trailer and then there were like 2023 or something like that. Yeah. So I think there's a chance that it can sneak in for a lot of people and kind of snag some accolades here toward the end of the year. Yeah, I'm, I was surprised they said a holiday uh, release. It's it's getting in there. It's getting in the mix. It's going to be one of those games. Uh, it, it, it's sort of only on my radar because of how hyped you were for it. Um, but I'm I'm excited for it to live up to your uh, to your praise. And maybe this will be the sleeper that we end up talking about a lot at the end of the year. I mean, if um, it doesn't, we have a bumper for that, so we're okay. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, Lana, did you have any, I don't know if you have this one uh, on your radar. The the trailer looked very, uh, to me, it looked very, um, um, kind of homogenized and not, it didn't really differentiate itself too much mm-hmm. from every other shootery thing, but I only had the name that popped into my head because Christian has been talking it up. Uh, uh did, did it, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I was thinking the same thing. I remember watching it being like, looks generic-y. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like a good, as long as like a solid shooter is a solid shooter. I feel like past a certain point, it's it's hard to. It's I guess maybe if they didn't do like the classic slow mo, explodey, heady, right? Like yeah. what I played, that's what makes it stand out. It, it, and it kind of is a homogenous, maybe the right word, but it again, this was a while ago now when I played it, and it was whatever, only three or four hours. 
but it, it felt like an update to Gears of War, where it was very similar, but you weren't as big and chunky and as slow. And then it added in time powers from um, Quantum Break in a way, where you could like create slowdown bubbles and do different things. So it was like mixing a bunch of things from uh, third-person shooters that I really like and then making it feel fresh by having a little bit of a loot grind. So to me, it kind of felt like different genre but still third person but like horizon zero dawn like i love that game and mm-hmm. if i any one thing that it did i don't think any of it was new but it did everything so well and my hope is that outriders ends up the same but as a as a shooter yeah and then necromunda underhive wars uh another one that again back to back it felt a little generic uh it's like you know this this person telling me about these different factions that they all looked pretty this much the same to me in the trailer, uh, but perhaps uh, this will will move some people to uh, um, be excited about that game. I didn't didn't really for me, but then the next game, boy howdy, that changed things up and was anything but generic. Teardown, which Keeley actually um, introduced as saying something that he thought was very special. Uh, that this uh, the the designer built an entire engine to create the kind of um outside the box gameplay that he wanted in this uh this heist game it's about it's about pulling off a heist but the way you pull off a heist is that everything is destructible and it sort of felt like a little minecrafty but i think more detailed than minecraft uh the 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 boxes the blocks that the world is made up from are are smaller yes the voxels right Uh, are smaller than the uh than minecraft and I think it allowed for more detail and looked a little more realistic, but it still allowed, you know, to punch a hole in any wall or break the ceiling or, or you know, all kinds of wonderful things. The one thing we didn't see from Teardown is any kind of antagonists. So I don't know how you do a heist game without having the threat of guards or anything like that. But um, Lana, did you see anything in Teardown that looked cool to you? Yeah, I think that this was one of the games I was most excited about, actually, from the whole lineup. Um, yeah. At first, when it was just showing just the generic destruction and stuff like that, I was like, ah, another Minecraft. Like, sure, it'll be cute. And then as soon as they said, plan your route, and I was like, plan your route. And it was like, for the perfect heist. It like, I love that. I love refining something and you get better and better and better and you feel yourself just getting better. So, So for me, the fact that there isn't like a looming threat of an enemy didn't really, like at the end of it was just like, you failed the heist. I'd be like, okay. Like screen failed to bl- fade to black because I think the exciting part isn't necessarily the enemies, though it could be something that could be in the game of like, oh, there's a guard around this corner or whatever. But just the idea of finding the best way to sort of shoot your way through this thing and almost more like a puzzle game than, than an yeah. action game. I, I That was really enticing to me. I totally, heard, yeah. When I tweeted about this, somebody messaged me and they said that they've been watching this game in development for like years. So apparently this is like a solo developer or maybe a very small team who've been working on this for a long time. So this is the first time they've officially showed gameplay. But I'm really intrigued by it. Very intrigued yeah, by it. Yeah, I am too. I, I think it's, and especially when you see it as like a passion project from a single developer, that's that's pretty special in and of itself. And as it looked, it looked pretty polished and even in this early state. And I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying about out of being a puzzle game or it's more like uh, a mission impossible than it is a uh, fast and the furious. You know, it's, it's, it's the heist is okay. The, 
treasure or whatever we're going for is in this very difficult to reach place. How do you get to it? And nothing is off the table, right? You can break anything. You can move anything. All the pieces in, in the set are live and you can do whatever you want with it. I think that's cool. So there's a, a thousand different possible solutions for this puzzle. Uh, I'm, I'm super into that. So I, I, you've convinced me that having enemies isn't necessarily or, necessary. Or, or even just having objectives. Cause I feel like at some point, maybe there's a world where you're like, okay, ramp, I shock on this wall, shock on this wall. Like it could be boring, but it could be like escape in under two minutes, only using boxes. Like you right. can't, like there could be different ways of even forcing you to analyze the level that would change your approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting. They're like trick shots or something. Yeah, you know, like a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian, were you into teardown? Yeah, a game jumper X in the chat says it's a puzzle game. You only get a certain amount of moves. So hey. that, oh, that's what it is. Hmm. Nice. or the way out. But anytime, like <laughs> when it was like a, a heist with destruction, I just kind of want to play through uh, the Dark Knight and just be able to be like, oh, now you kill me. I kill the bus driver. And that's why, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> but I think yeah. those are fun moments to find ways where you know maybe you think you're out thinking the devs and it's like no that's the way you do it and you're like no way they think i'm gonna break through here ha 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 and it's like no that's how you do it <laughs> but right it's really satisfying when you're able to pull that off yeah looks super super cool uh then we went to little nightmares 2 reveal uh and wwe 2k battlegrounds um with jerry the king lawler on on the commentary yeah that guy's still around and um <laughs> And then uh, gameplay, campaign, cutscene gameplay from Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, and my favorite thing about this is the fact that they had the little thing that said, uh, everything you see is representative of VR gameplay. I love how the VR nature of this is front and center. And that's the that's what they're selling is, hey, man, get in the headset and play Star Wars Squadrons, even though it will be available on uh, on flat screens as well. Um, I'm... So excited for this game. Uh, Lana, what did what was your take on Star Wars Squadrons? Um, I think that it it seems like it has a lot of potential to be a really fun team game. I'm still bummed from from figuring out that it's not like a like a quick match kind of situation. Um, I guess mm-hmm. that this is like representing the campaign gameplay, which I I don't have a VR headset. So I wanna be like so hype about it because i think it's the perfect kind of game to have in vr i mean you think probably any game is great to have in vr because <laughs> I, I know you're into it but specifically being in the cockpit i feel like is oh, you yeah. don't just feel like you have that like big helmet on it'll feel perfect so i'm excited about it but i'm i'm also think it's very interesting because because i like this sort of the cl- like the cramped almost like more realistic like space flight elements of this the game that there's a game later novice or something uh, chorus the chorus uh that one actually by way of actual gameplay in a spaceship is obviously third person but i was like ooh, yeah. that that's you know interesting that those are both coming coming yeah it is interesting the chorus looks much more like an arcade game um mm-hmm. which you know looks it looks awesome too gorgeous looking too mm-hmm. um what did but, you think uh, about this i'm i'm into it i mean i don't understand why we always have to have the ability to play as the space Nazis, <laughs> I guess, I guess we all, I know, I guess that's the star Wars thing is you get it, you know, you got to have the good in the dark, but, uh, I don't need, I don't need to play as the space Nazis, uh, <laughs> uh, especially this day and age. I'm kind of over that. 
but uh but it looks really cool and it looks you know the fact that it's a 40 dollar game it looks like they've really not pulled back from uh triple a-ness of it um I, I think I think the campaign is probably going to be short, but I think that'll be perfect for me, especially <laughs> the time when this is coming out, which is when everything is coming out. Um, Christian, are you uh, are you going to be be in my squad? Am I, I going to be my uh, my red five? I mean, no, only because I'll say yes now, but you'll actually never invite me when the time comes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'm afraid, and kind of you know, cheap joke, but like I'm afraid they showed all the all of the campaign. Like we said, uh, that's the whole thing. <laughs> what? It's one <laughs> mission. It's 30 oh. seconds long. That's real good. Um, I've heard from people who played early builds of this, that it is like challenging and can be very complex, like in a good way, you know, not full flight sim, but more so than just arcade flying around. I think it looks awesome. I, maybe it's the only place to mention it on this week's show. Um, the thing that really bums me out about it in VR is just Oc- Facebook making Oculus Facebook. And maybe yeah. have a Facebook account because I I think I'm I'd have to set up a dummy account that's like eat it Facebook so I can play VR or I'm going to sell my Quest. Um, but I can play. This isn't this is not a Facebook game. This is a uh, Steam VR, I believe. Yeah, I'm going to play it on my Index, bro. On my Index. It looks real nice. Oh, you're going to be you have an advantage because you'll be able to see me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, you won't be you won't be uh, just a few <laughs> a few. Uh, <laughs> polygons <laughs> yeah um really nice i'm very excited yeah it looks it looks really cool uh and then uh, this 12 minutes game revealed their voice cast which is the willem defoe came on as, as sort of this narrator it has james mcavoy and daisy ridley this you know very uh very a-list cast for sure in what looks like a very interesting psychological thriller it's um 12 minutes is the title and i guess it's a, a, a one of those time loops that are becoming more and more popular and you have 12 minutes to do stuff and then it, it resets i'm very intrigued by this and and again i've said this a lot over this summer of games and that is that anytime there's a game in the context of this like trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer anytime there's a game that does things differently has a different visual aesthetic has a different um has a different tone has a is really trying to do something original it really stands out for me because like we were talking about you have these you know these games that are back to back to back that are all kind of you know necromunda and outriders and warhammer and it just it, even if those games all are excellent putting them back to back and having the same you know sniper rifle to the head it's all it's nice when you see oh this is this very very different tone very different pace different perspective this crazy top-down perspective for 12 minutes so i'm super into this game uh lana what, what is your take i'm also super into this game uh the time loop element it's uh i think i i mean outer wilds i won't talk about it again i won't um <laughs> but i mean that got me like very into the time loop thing where i feel like maybe standing back if i hadn't already played one i almost feel like i'd be like almost a little annoyed yeah. by it, but I, I think, yeah, that top-down camera, it's like a dramatic, a, dram- a dramatic puzzle, a character-driven puzzle that right. um, I, I am excited about the idea of having a new experience. And I think that's why the different art styles also stick to me so much. Um, 
and advertising specifically like a different type of gameplay is just because I know sort of fundamentally for better or for worse, it will be a new experience. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this and the, the voice acting. I mean, that's crazy and awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Super awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christian, we've talked, have we talked about this game before? Yep. Yeah. It looks great, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, this is how I found out I didn't get the part, um, which is kind of a, <laughs> <laughs> I was told to wait until, you know, the day next It's fine. I mean, it looks great. Uh, Daisy Ridley took another part from you, man. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to tell her I had force powers. <laughs> uh, but I think it looks awesome. And and I love the, uh, you know, their approach to the time loop. It, it seems, you know, it, it, like you said, it, it, it's something that we're seeing a lot of, but it looks like people are finding new and unique ways to do it. And I think playing through it um, will be really interesting and fun. It's definitely uh I, I think it can be a standout game for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I need to take a break here and thank our first sponsor, which is Ritual. Oh, my goodness. Ritual. My wife has uh, has been continuing her ritual. She loves the, the Ritual Essentials vitamin uh, that she takes daily. Uh, it is a daily vitamin. They have actually reinvented the vitamin industry. That's That was their stated goal at Ritual. And I think, at least from my wife's perspective, uh, she's into it. This is a, a daily vitamin for women. Hey, Beth. Uh, yeah. Could you tell? I'm fermenting, bro. You're what? Ritual for men. I don't know if you can Oh, you're tell fermenting? That I've been standing all episode, feeling good. Yeah. You I'm got the ritual fermenting. for men? I'm fermenting. I have, mine hasn't arrived yet. I don't think that's approved ad copy to say fermenting, but this isn't an approved ad, my part of it. I'm for mining. Yeah. You are ritualing for men. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, I, I know that they are, they are, have now launched a ritual for men, uh, which is a completely different vitamin that is, uh, designed, uh, to fill in the gaps because it really, it doesn't matter how much we obsess about eating right. Even if you're, even if you're doing the right things, even if you're, you know, looking at labels and, making sure you're trying to uh, get good food into your body and trying to eat well, there are still going to be gaps in your nutrition. Uh, whether you are a man or a woman, there are gaps in, in your nutrition uh, that really is useful, it's healthy, it's beneficial to fill, and Ritual is made specifically for that. Without any of the additives and synthetic fillers and shady extras that can be found in some other multivitamins, uh, this is specifically designed to be transparent so that you know what's in it. Uh, it is traceable, which means the ingredients and their sources are right there for you to see. Uh, it's made to be gentle on an empty stomach, so you don't have to eat it with food. A lot of specifically um, uh, daily multivitamins for women, because they have those omega-3s, often are harsh on an empty stomach, so you have to time it with your meals. Uh, my wife loves the fact that she doesn't have to worry about that. And also, it comes with a little minty tab so that it doesn't give you bad breath. It's all uh, taken into account because this is a very smartly designed product using high-quality ingredients. It's great. And, uh, you know, we talk about Ritual for Women, which is the essential for women, uh, which we've talked about for a long time. But as Christian said, there's a Ritual for Men. Now, I'm, I'm excited to get mine and, and start my daily ritual as well. You know that daily changes can lead to big results. So start small today. Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off your first three months 
of Ritual. You can try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed by going to ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months of subscription to Ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L.com slash DLC. All right, uh, picking up from where we left off, uh, we had a new Warframe expansion, Override 2 Super Mech League, which had a cool, goofy uh, robot trailer, which I was into. And then the Sims 4 Journey to Batu expansion, which surprised me. I'll be honest. I didn't. Uh, they're still making Sims 4 expansions, which is pretty extraordinary. I knew Sims 4 was still going strong, but uh, I had no idea the Sims world needed Star Wars, but I guess it does. It's, it's coming on September 8th. Um, pretty wild. Um, Mafia Definitive Edition story trailer. Uh, and then this very interesting game, another time loop game. As, as I said, time loop, the new hotness in movies and video games, time loops. It's all Groundhog Days all the way down. Uh, this game called Lemnis Gate, which is a, uh, a first person shooter meets turn based strategy game where you each have, I think, 24 seconds or something like that to do something in a first person shooter. And then you take turns uh, against all the players that are playing. Uh, and then you can, uh, you see how it plays out and you rewrite the, the time loop uh, in subsequent turns. It looks really, really interesting. What did you think, Lana, for uh, Lemnis Gate? I was excited about this for almost the same kind of reasons I was excited about Teardown. That kind of sort of getting through something in the most efficient way possible. I have a very relevant example that I'll talk about during the playlist about Risk of Rain, but Mm. it definitely seems like a game that's right up my alley. Like that idea of just being like, not only like the first round of trying to get it as perfect as you can, but then trying to minimize the efficiency of your competitors or competitor, I guess it's just one of you like, like you're sort of 1v1ing and then there's more and more loops of you going through. So you can sort of see the past ones. And I don't know how many times it loops for just eternally, I guess. I don't know. It seems uh, very, very interesting. (laughs) Until the heat death of the universe. Yeah. yeah, Until your computer gives out or the world crumbles into oblivion. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Uh, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Christian Lemnis gate to me seems like it, it could solve my first person shooter competitive uh woes which is making me feel like maybe maybe the turn-basedness of this might alleviate some of that pressure that i tend to feel uh in in first person shooters maybe the the idea of revising your run over multiple loops of time do you think there's a possibility that that might actually make this feel a little bit different than a first person shooter or do you see it as a gimmick that basically just kind of makes this a little different from what we already play i don't think it's a gimmick i mean this isn't quite right but in my head the first thing i went to was super hot where it's like Hmm. take a very established genre and what you do in it and tweak one thing a little bit and that gameplay experience can be vastly different. You know, all super hot really changes is they move when you move. Otherwise it's a first person shooter. VR is, you know, different because of VR, but the first version of super hot. And so I think the same thing is true here of like, 
I'm curious to see speed runs and, and how the competitive scene embraces it. Cause part of me is like, Ooh, this is interesting. Cause it is, it's me versus me to some extent. And I won't get my butt kicked by, you know, by being bad uh, in the grand scheme of things. But I'm super curious to see if like the Spelunky crowd or Mario maker crowd, you know, gravitates towards this style of game that is just improving runs over and over again. If they do, I think that'll, be a big success um i don't think it needs it but that's where i'm curious to see if where it can stick yeah yeah it's uh, evidently not not until 2021 we'll get uh lemness but uh it seems like a fascinating idea that i want to definitely keep my eye on um we saw lego star wars the skywalker saga uh trailer it has been delayed in what yeah it got pushed yeah yeah delayed into 2021 but still looks like a, a lot of fun in the lego star wars uh, model and uh, an interesting game called struggling which is coming to uh, switch i think as well as some other platforms a co-op uh two people controlling a single character and uh just the wackiness that ensues from that look kind of fun uh chorus which we talked about a little bit already elena mentioned uh it being this um uh more arcadey action-based uh flight space flight game uh just gorgeous gorgeous trailer there uh, and then Fall Guys Season 2 was announced, which Keeley kept making a big deal about, clearly feeling like that was a big draw. The uh, the announcement for Fall Guys Season 2 was medieval, a medieval theme, drawbridges and uh, castles and stuff like that. Uh, Len, I know we're going to be talking about Fall Guys in the playlist as well, but uh, are you excited for Season 2? Is this what you were hoping for from the continuation of this game? Oh, um, maybe. We'll talk about Fall Guys. I'm not like a diehard Fall Guys fan. I do think oh, okay. that, interesting around like the, the theming of it. Um, like seeing like, oh, now we have this, this theme pack. I think the funny thing about Fall Guys is I, we'll talk about the playlist, but I played it. I was like, sure, that's okay. Mm. And I'm like, well, how much of it is really attracting me to come back? But part of me is like, I do want that pigeon costume. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do yeah. think that like, people are going to be checking this out and being like, a dragon, like, Definitely looks cute. I think. Yeah. I think this level of like silly, low stakes, arcadey, like very low bar to entry, especially in a time like this when more people are going online to to be connected. I'm I'm very delighted to see that it's getting a season two, uh, and that people are embracing it as much as they are. Very very fun. Yeah, I I kind of thought season two might be a bit more of a departure uh, that they really had license to go real wacky with it and and I, w- I was hoping that it would feel a little bit different more different but you know um clearly this was in the works well before the game launched and was such a huge hit um so maybe we'll see future seasons them how you know feel licensed to go a little little farther afield but you know this is cool and i, I like you i agree that the uh the theming of a season is seems fun you know maybe there's a space season and a you know, who knows what else zombies, what all the, all the yeah. <laughs> genres de jour, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, Christian, did you, uh, what did you think of this fall guys season two? Yeah. I think anytime I see like a second season to a smash hit, I just want to know like, okay, hallway fight season one, like stairway fight <laughs> season two, you know, like prison fight season three, like what are we going to get? 
for yeah. the owner. Um, I, I think it's smart, right? Because it is, it, it's cosmetics, costuming, characters, all that stuff. And there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with the medieval. And I also think the idea of like jousting and drawbridges and like picture medieval times, right? Like a fun right. slapstick style falling off of things, catapults, whatever it may be. Um, there's a lot I think you can do with this theme. And I think we're going to see, like you mentioned, I think space is like changing gravity is going to be really fun. Mm. Um, if they, assuming they, you know, go there, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think the game will keep being a hit for, for a for a good long while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond got a story trailer. This is the VR reboot of the Medal of Honor franchise, um, which Respawn is doing. I'm very, very excited to see more of this game. Yeah, I, I'm not super into World War II, but give me a game from Respawn in VR. I'm there. Uh, and uh, it looks like you know, hearing the developers talk about all the benefits of VR just made me excited to get my hand and my face on this one. Uh, Spellbreak is a game that uh, Keely kept saying is out today, but will be out September 3rd. Um, <laughs> well, it, it is looks kind of cool. It's in, you can play it now. It's apparently in a early early access or some kind of very accessible playability now. Oh, interesting. I thought I thought that was kind of funny though, because I, I literally looked it up. I was like, "Ooh, I can play it right now!" And then it was like coming out September third. I was like, "Oh, well, okay." <laughs> uh, Turrican Anthology, which is a cool old game that is uh, getting uh, the um, some new new love. Uh, Destiny two, and then of course the big end of show uh, gameplay look at Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart which continues to just dazzle me. I am so gobsmacked by this game. Uh, it really looks like the most next-gen-y of the next-gen things that we've seen. Um, there was discussion of it being launch window for PlayStation 5, which who knows what that even means, but I guess before March, one would think. Um, and uh, some more details on how that Rift stuff would work, but... I got to say, I think this is my one of my most anticipated games, bar none. I mean, I, as excited as I am for Steam or for Cyberpunk and for uh, a whole a whole bunch of other games coming out soon, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is right up there with them. It just feels I know it's going to be great because every Ratchet and Clank game is great and fun and just just a wonderful goofy escapism and the the action is always wonderful and this this new mechanism of being leaping into these other dimensions. I, it just dazzles me. I'm so intrigued by it. I know that they did mention offhandedly in the interview section of this presentation that those, those wild, uh, world changing rifts only happen during these chase sequences, but hopefully there's a number of chase sequences because man, it's so cool. Like the sequence that they showed where you get on a, a back of like a flying dragon. dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. And then you're in space. You're like the dragons now in this mashup of all these disparate worlds. And I just know there's going to be some like in joke where you leap into another insomniac game or something, you know, for just a split yeah. second, you know, being Spider-Man or something. There, yeah. Wouldn't that be great? So I don't know. I, I'm just over the moon excited for ratchet and clank um lana what's your what's your take i'm also so excited i mean i think it's pretty clear that this must be like one of the earliest clips in the game i feel like this has to be one of the earliest possible sequences you can play through because mm. 
they've, I mean, they showed in the trailer that you know, the female Lombax, I think they're called Lombax. I've never played a Russian clank before. Um, yeah, that's correct. Lombax. But like a uh, clank, like sort of dropping into that sort of parallel world at the end without ratchet. Yeah. Being like, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Ratchet. And he's like, ratchet. And this, this other Lombax is there like, who are you talking about? I feel yeah. like that set up sort of perfectly cliffhanger for who is this person? What is, what is this world? Like so exciting from like, even not feeling really invested in the story at all. I'm so invested in the story. And <laughs> that, with, with this idea that I assume that that's the intro of this character, that's probably pretty early in the game. I'm so intrigued as to what the Rift gameplay feels like as you get better at playing the game. Like they showed like yeah. jump across this platform and like warped over there. And like when you're like in a fight with like a bunch of enemies surrounding you, being able to sort of rip through these rifts around the level and, and taking enemies out, I feel like it's going to feel awesome later in the game. Very, I mean, it feels awesome just to look at now, but, but actually playing it, I just, I want to get my hands on it so bad. I'm, I'm really, really excited. Yeah. Yeah, Christian, did you see all those little bits and, and bobs that are exploding off of stuff when you smack them? Yeah, I gotta say, this game really fell flat to me. It's like rage racing, weapons I like, a story I like from a developer who I've liked everything they've made, and a franchise then which I've played and loved every single one of them in it, except for that one that no one really liked. Uh, this game looked incredible. Are you kidding me? Like, it looks absolutely incredible. They've captured again the quirk, the fun, the combat looks like it's there. And it looks like they're putting the PS5, you know, through its early life paces. I think at this point, like, was the PS3 had Spider-Man font on it? Like the PS5 needs to have Insomniac font on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it seems like they are, like, they are. That is an acquisition that is paying dividends for Sony, for sure. Yes, I mean, they're going to drive the launch hype. Like, I think yeah. Xbox is doing a lot right. But when you think about, the PS5, it's Miles Morales and Ratchet and Clank. And then, you know, Gran Turismo 10 years later, like that's how long their launch window is. Um, <laughs> right. But this game looks absolutely, absolutely incredible. And I'm going to break into Insomniac's offices to go play it. It looks yeah. so good. I mean, it, yeah, it is. Uh, it's stunning. And and there's no load times, everything, you know, just instantly in this huge, expansive news world for a split second. And then in another one and, yeah, it, it, ugh, man. Yeah, I cannot wait for that game. In fact, I think I would rather play that than than a lot of these, you know, gritty, cool games that are being gritty and cool. It just seems, it just seems like such escapist fun to me, and I, I'm I'm in more in need of that than ever before. Really. Um. All right. Uh, so that was the Gamescom presentation there was other stuff that happened in gamescom including a, the announcement of a lord of the rings golem game mm. that's coming next year uh, that looks like it's going to have stealth and uh you play as golem um and smeagol uh which is a, a kind of a cool concept uh some other tidbits from gamescom but mostly it was it was this string two hour string of of uh announcements and trailers and so lena what i would like from you is uh, what of all of this stuff from Gamescom, what did you come away with as your overall takeaway? Uh, and which specific game did you think um, stole the show? My overall takeaway. 
Uh, I, my overall takeaway is that there's lots of games. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I really have a, I, I was working at the same time I was watching it. So I don't mm. know if I really left with like the moral of the story for me was. Well, I, yeah, I don't mean to put you on the spot about in, in that way, but I mean, the, this, this, I guess I should have framed it better in saying that it, this idea of, uh, Gamescom as this virtual thing where, uh, Keely comes on and hosts and we have two hours of trailers. It, what did you think about that as an experience? Did you think it was satisfying? Do you think it lasted too long? Do you think there was too, too much of a fire hose of, of trailers? Oh, uh, I really, I really loved it. I, I mean, one of the, the greatest things about like things like E3 are those moments where it's like, everybody's kind of, at least for me, cause I didn't go to the press conferences, but watching them online, like I watched this one with my friend who was streaming the Gamescom stuff. And so I was t- hanging out with him and like his chat as we were like all live talking about it together. Like I really like coming together to watch a bunch of trailers and, and dis- mm. the discussions that sort of surround them about what is more exciting and wow, the ones with the unique art styles were sticking out. Cool. Maybe that gets, means we get to make unique art in the future for AAA. Like, like I just, I love the experience of it. And especially Gamescom, I've never been able to travel to Gamescom. I think the only other Gamescom clip I watched was maybe you announcing Deckard. Was that Gamescom? Like, I... Uh, no, that, <laughs> that was no, PAX. No, I wish. I didn't. I did not get to go to Germany. No, uh, I wish. That was... Um, that was PAX. God, where was it PAX? PAX Boston, maybe. I think. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the same designer went to Gamescom who did that and somebody else. But, uh, uh, but I, I didn't... I've never really been able to, like feel like I was a part of Gamescom. It was always something that was happening. And then I would sort of watch as things appeared as they appeared over the week or whatever it is. And so feeling like I got to be a part of something that I would never usually get to be a part of was really awesome. So I I liked it, but I I maybe I'm more patient than other people for just sitting down and watching trailers. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was paced pretty well. I mean, there was a a few clunky bits here and there, but, you know, uh, Keely knows how to put on a show. And I think he... You did a great job with this. Um, Christian. What were the awards though? Sorry to cut you off. What are the Gamescom awards? They just kind of slipped them in there and they'd be like, and here's an award oh, for this. And I'd be like, what? I'm the so heck? glad you brought that up. What a that? weird, goofy, non sequitur of nonsense, right? It, it, <laughs> no, honestly, like, oh, I just want to cut in here and tell you the best PlayStation game is Cyberpunk 2077. The best PlayStation game? What? Of all, of all time? Of, who, it's, who else? <laughs> Are they the only one who submitted? Who's choosing this? Who? It's such a bizarre. Yeah. It, it just points to the fact that awards in any of these shows are 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 completely arbitrary in every sense. It is. I mean, having given out our own awards, Christian, I think you can agree that uh, it, it almost means nothing. But the but it was particularly weird in this context where you just had this. It, it, almost like it was a commercial for IGN coming on and saying, "Hey, best PlayStation hey, sorry, game is sorry, Jeff." Sorry, sorry, Jeff. Sorry, I got to interrupt real quick and say the best conversation about Gamescom award for this was <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops Cold World. Okay, go ahead. I agree. We we peaked way too early in this episode. I agree. Um, <laughs> the 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 uh, the idea that like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is a representative of PlayStation games is just it's just bizarre right it's it's a and like awards come out i guess when people are submitted but it's like i hope i get to find out soon maybe not maybe hopefully it gets pushed like what the deal is it's very weird to be like here's the awards and this one actually isn't out yet but trust us it won 
the best PlayStation <laughs> game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. What were the contenders? What was the criteria? What? Uh, why does a, a a multi-platform game that's literally going to be on everything become the best? Play? I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. But it had to um, a fan I'm, vote on IGN or something like that, right? Like, is it a fan I, vote? Maybe was it even IGN? Yeah. I don't. Know. I think it was. I think it was IGN coming in and being IGN like throughout. I think they were like a major sponsor, and they. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm very glad you brought that up because yeah, that was that was it. Just felt bizarre, and uh, I can't remember the name of the woman who was doing it. Forgive me for that, but uh, she, I know she's worked with Jeff a lot. Uh, but she came on and said, uh, you know, a number of things like, "Okay, well, I got three more rewards to give out." And she's like, "Why? For who, who is this? What is this? What even is this?" You don't have um, to. Anyway, you don't. Have you, to. Don't, you don't have to. <laughs> We're fine. We're doing great. Just tweet them. Uh, Just yeah. tweet them out. Yeah. And why is this a game of Gamescom if? literally there's no like is cyberpunk a game in, at gamescom like what what <laughs> i don't know it just sounds so odd to me yeah. um anyway christian same questions for you uh overall take on the event as an event and then any game oh did did you lana did you do your game of the show oh my game of the show it's it's pretty tight but i do think that uh tear, tear down tear yeah. down and uh yeah that, that's probably my game of the show I'll just say that. Pretty, pretty great pick, I would say. What? Okay, and, and same no, question. Not, I'm really excited. I don't know anything about oh, it, yeah. but I am excited. Yeah. Yeah. It is an unknown <laughs> nine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get uh, it. Living up to its title. Living up to its title. Christian Spicer, same questions. Um, I'm, I really liked the content that came out, but I feel like the show in and of itself um, wasn't necessary. I, I, I don't know. It seems like I feel like the pacing was maybe okay, but it, it's like, why were these things grouped together? There really didn't feel like a through line or like a narrative arc or something that made this to me feel like a show other than I, this one company put together all of these reveals, you know, or like because of this event, we're going to have all of these things come together. And so it didn't feel to me like a, an event the way I think even the Microsoft or Sony console specific ones have. Cause there it's like the through line of that is like why you want this new hardware. Why? And this just felt like, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I really liked some of the things that were announced, but I think as a show itself, I don't know what it was, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe I enjoyed it because I like it. The, the moment of it, of like coming together with other people and not, I guess mm. I didn't actually really pay attention to the show itself that that much because I was more paying attention to my own commentary, like a like my <laughs> yeah. vanity. I'm so no, funny. no. I, I, but I think you were onto something there because there is something. This could have been a series of individual games releasing trailers online, as has happened over the course of the summer. Right, various games are announced, and various games put out uh, media and uh, press releases and all kinds of things to promote the fact that they have now been announced. Uh, and that could have happened all independently. The fact that they were grouped together and made into a moment and made into a show uh, that had a beginning, middle and end. There is something about that structure in and of itself, like you're saying, where we can come together and all say, okay, here's this moment where we're going to step through all these experiences and we judge these games. It, it, I don't know. There's, there's something about that structure to me that, feels I, I guess it's because i'm coming from an old paradigm of e3 and events like this and i want that feeling of 
okay, here's this moment in time where I get to judge a whole bunch of an upcoming slate mm -hmm. uh, rather than, you know, every Tuesday getting a new game <laughs> that we're hearing about. It, I don't know. I, I think I can digest it a little bit clearer when it's a big meal like this. Mm -hmm. Christian, you have a game, uh, a single game that you're most excited about? Yeah, in terms of like reveals and talked about during the show, it's 12 minutes. I think that voice cast mm. is stellar. I mean, Ratchet and Clank is the thing I'm most excited about, but I mean, it was, it's to lose, you know, like it was awesome yeah, to yeah. play, but I had full faith that it would be that, you know, I was like, yep, that's what I, exactly what I pictured it would be. Um, but that voice cast announcement of, of 12 minutes and seeing a little bit more of that or, you know, hearing more about that, I think is really intriguing. My award for best game of Gamescom. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, for me, it, far and away was uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I, I, it just, it just feels the most like the future to me. It feels most like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need new hardware to play that. And that's where my headspace is being excited about these new consoles. There's just, it's been such a strange year trying to get ramped up. I mean, here we are, uh, I guess a couple of months. We don't still don't know price. We still don't know release dates for these things. It just seems like a, it's a strange year. Uh, but Ratchet and Clank is that game that I've seen gameplay and it makes me go, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get the new console. So that, that tingling in my spine on the back of my neck is it just, it's just exciting. I love, I love that, but there's a lot of things to be excited about. Yeah. And, and I uh, definitely, when I gave my answers, Ratchet and Clank, I almost didn't think of as like a Gamescom game because we've already seen sort of such big chunks of it before. Yeah. That one I feel like yeah. is such a gimme at the top that I'm like, aside from Ratchet and Clank, I'll I, give you the answers. I get it. I took the easy answer. No, but <laughs> I, I, agree with, I agree with you that uh, Teardown and 12 Minutes uh, both look really excellent. And and Unknown 9, I, I, like you, I just want to see what what that game is. like Because it, the world seems very intriguing. Uh, the creative team, very intriguing. But just tell me what kind of game is it? You know, is, 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 are, we, are we talking about a real-time strategy game? Are we talking about a third-person action adventure? Which I assume, but who, who knows? Mm -hmm. um, all right. Uh, let me thank our second sponsor, which is HelloFresh. I had HelloFresh tonight with my family. My mom is is here visiting for my, my son's birthday, which is uh, in a few days. And it's so perfect because I was able to change my HelloFresh to be the four, me four uh, adult family style meals. It was super easy to create, to, to, to prepare. It's America's number one meal kit, and there's a reason for that. It's delicious. What do we have tonight? We had um, uh, pasta, uh, um, um, chicken sausage, pasta. Uh, it, was, it was absolutely delicious. And then last night we had HelloFresh also, and it was uh, ramen with um, amazing uh, chicken bits and tomatoes and zucchini. I do it just delicious meals. These are recipes that will add variety to your dining experience, which is one of the things I love most. I mean, I wouldn't have made that kind of ramen extravaganza on my own. I would never have Googled that recipe and gone to the store and bought the ingredients. It would have been a pain. But now because I get these recipes sent to my house and there's so many recipes to choose from every week, it's so much fun. It helps me break out of the recipe rut. There's something for everybody. There's low calorie, there's vegetarian, family friendly, as I said. 
it's great. And they have these high quality ingredients. It saves me time. It saves me stress because I don't have to worry about what we're having. My mom is here. I don't want to devote time to figuring out dinner. It's just ready. It has these individual bags that I pull out of the fridge. I start cooking and I'm done in like 20, 30 minutes. It's great. Uh, I don't have waste of rest of uh, ingredients because they're pre-portioned. So I don't have a whole bunch of extra stuff that I'll never get to using just rotting in my fridge. It's great. Uh, and it, it's flexible. It fits my lifestyle. I can easily change my delivery day or my food preference. It's never been easier to feed my family and their new larger box sizes for the bigger servings, which is exactly what I had tonight. It's so great. Plus, HelloFresh is committed to giving back. They donate meals. Over 2.5 million meals were donated in 2019, and they're doing even more in 2020, which is great. Uh, I, I truly love HelloFresh. Had it tonight, had it last night. Uh, every week, I get so excited to pick out our meals for ne the next week, and there's so many to choose from. It's an abundance of, of riches. So be like me and my family. Eat healthier Know what you're putting into your body because you prepare it. Have the, the satisfaction of making a meal for your family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80DLC, 80DLC, and use that promo code 80DLC to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash 80DLC and the promo code 80DLC. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details all right we finally get to talk about the games that we have been playing this week and there are a number of them uh lana you yeah. already mentioned risk of rain 2 yes uh, i can i can tell by your twitter that you are playing a lot of this game <laughs> Deeply, deeply consumed by Risk of Rain 2. Or I was. I feel like I got mastery of one of the characters. I feel like the, the shackles were broken. And I've I've fallen off a little bit. But um, Did you play Risk of Rain 1? I did not. Yeah, it's, it's such a wild uh, wild series in that the, the first one is this 2D side-scrolling platform roguelite. Uh, and then they went 3D with Risk of Rain 2. Completely different game, but like the same kind of game. It just fascinating to me how they were able to make that transition from a 2d world to a 3d world yeah the pe some of the people i've played with uh have played the first one and they say that it's like the same thing there's there's characters that are brought over into the new one but yeah it's great uh, for people who don't know it roguelike um you sort of go into every run and as you go through there's a, there's a couple different modes you can play in but the sort of the base mode is you have I think it's maybe four or five levels total. You'd think I know the number by now. Um, but you run through the level and you have to get to this thing called the teleporter. And when you activate it, it'll create this little bubble. And as long as you're in the bubble, it's charging the teleporter and there's a big boss that spawns. And you have to kill the boss to proceed through the teleporter. Uh, so it charges up to 100%. But meanwhile, it's like an endless onslaught of enemies trying to get you. And as you kill enemies, you gain gold. And you can run through the level and there's different stations where you can buy items. And at first, the very frustrating thing is, I mean, there's never a description of what the item is until you pick it up. You're like, okay, I'm going to spend the only 44 gold I have right now on this item. And I hope that it's something I want. And so <laughs> it'll be like, this is a crowbar. 
maybe that means I'll, well, at least when I started, because I had no expectations, I did not know what it was. I was like, maybe this will be something that lets me open chests or something with less money. And it's like, actually, it does more damage on the first hit to a monster. Sure. Interesting. Like the icon versus what it does. Yeah. <laughs> like impossible to kind of guess what anything is visually versus what it'll actually do. Right. But it and is then by the time you get to like the fourth level, you, you've got this string of icons on your screen that is absolutely incomprehensible because there's just so many of them, you know, <laughs> you know all stacked together. The string of icons on the screen. And then also in the 3D Risk of Rain 2, it, you have a physical representation on your character's body. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll get like the wax quail and you have like a, a bird on your head. And there's one of the items, I don't even know which one it is, that t- changes one of your arms into pure electricity. Probably. No, the ukulele. Go, you, like, you get the ukulele on your back. And like it's very interesting to see your character kind of bulk up with stuff as you're collecting stuff, too. So cute visual representation. Such fun gameplay. Oh, my gosh. Just chaotic. And it feels very low stakes at first because you can only make it through. At least I could only make it for like a lever, level or two because I had no idea what was going on. And then by the end, there's accomplishments like achieve 20 stages in a single run. And so there's ways that you can force the game to loop back on itself. Because if you just power through to the boss, it's only like five levels. So trying to force it to go back, you have to go and do like this special side quest area, which forces it to loop back to the beginning and all the enemies get more difficult. So... You're, fight, you're fighting enemies that now are shooting poison at you and they have like a giant armor bubble that is a huge debuff to you. And then like later in the game, all the enemies start getting items as well. So the items that you've been picking up, suddenly you have enemies that have also picked up items and it gets more and more difficult and more and more chaotic, but you're also more and more overpowered of just like your attack speed, which at the beginning of the game, you're attacking maybe once Every second and a half or two seconds is just a nonstop of what you're what you're throwing out in there. You feel so powerful and unstoppable, and then suddenly you'll die in a single hit somehow. And you're like, there goes three hours of my life that I'll never, <laughs> never get back. But so fun. You can play in a group of up to four. There's lots of characters to unlock, like 10 or something like that. Um, I got mastery on the Huntress. Nice. Um, really, really enjoy it a lot. I got really into Risk of Rain 2 right when it first came into early access, but I haven't played it in a long, long time. But man, it really was very, very fun. And now you hearing you talk about it makes me want to fire it up again. Who'd you um, play? Well, what character did you play? God, I don't even remember. the. Uh, that's how long ago this was. It had to been over a year ago that I played it, well over a year ago. Um, it's probably one of the first one or two characters that you get that I played most. Um, I don't even remember to be honest with you, yeah. but I remember having a blast with the game and yeah, you're right. The, I totally forgot about that visual representation thing. Like it's kind of an amazing magic trick that they were even able to pull that off. Like there's so many different items that you could potentially get that all overlap with each other and it doesn't break that system in some way. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And especially one of the other modes that I actually, I probably enjoy it more than the base because you can, obviously build yourself into exactly what you need, but you can also unlock different artifacts. So there's, when you're running around in the worlds, you'll find like a little map that's sort of a three by three grid. And it'll be like circle, 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 triangle, 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 diamond, diamond, diamond. And at first you look at it and you're like, that's weird. 
But then later there's this machine in Sky Meadow that if you go down to the very bottom, you discover this area, you can sort of plug those symbols in that you see and then hit uh, interact on this laptop that's sitting there and it opens a giant portal. And if you beat the event that's in the portal, it forces the game to loop, but it also unlocks an artifact for you. So one of the artifacts I really like is um, the command artifact, which allows you to actually choose which items pop out of the chest. So you open the chest and rather than it just anything, that's what you get. It pops out with sort of like a nebulous, thing that you actually interact with and then you can choose what you want so very quickly you're like okay time to build into crit and you just get a bunch of glasses and you get your attack speed up and then you're just critting on every hit and your attack speed is like crazy and you could build into that immediately to to really power through the game and it's very very fun i remember uh very vividly one of the first times i played that game um playing with random people and then dying and you can watch Mm -hmm. the team continue on, you know, after you're dead. And the, the, one of the guys I was watching after I died, I was like, Oh, I clearly have no idea how to play this game. Cause this guy is incredible. (laughs) And, uh, and he went so far and just was like playing on a level that I was like, Oh, I'm just awful at this game. I guess (laughs) I did the same thing. Cause usually I'd play with, um, with my boyfriend, Jeff, and then our, our buddy, Eric. Uh, but Jeff was busy one night. And so Eric and I were like, should we just play online? Sure. And then as soon as we joined in, we're playing with people. And like, we hadn't beat the game yet. And this person was like the most incredible, the most in- in- incredible gamer I've ever seen. We're both dead and carried <laughs> us through three levels. We're like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. like the next time, and they, they showed us that the artifacts existed. We had no idea. So then we made an, our own little, you know, invite sphere where we said command artifacts only. And we had really nice people come in and be like, we'll just show you how to get it for yourselves. And we're like, this community is amazing. Nicest community awesome. ever. And then the next people would just like take all the items, not give you anything. And be like, this community is <laughs> terrible. They're so toxic. <laughs> They're not. It's, it's really, really great. Yeah. It's a yeah, great. I remember, that, that, I remember that guy like never touching the ground. And I was like, how is he even doing this right now? Anyway, uh, so we talked a little bit about Fall Guys, uh, which is really, really the game of the moment right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But it sounds like you aren't taken with it as some others are. I'm like enamored with it, as I mentioned earlier, because it is sweet and it's lighthearted and it's low stakes. And I feel like if you have friends who haven't been gamers before, it's a good way of being like, just, you know, I'll lend you a controller and we could just play this silly game and nobody feels really too hurt if they ever lose but also it's something that you can get good at if you want to it's 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 cute but for me i'm like is the biggest addictive property to it right now because specifically the times we're in like is everybody in the world like if i have to look at jackbox one more time i'm gonna scream (laughs) because i know that's how i feel like i'll play fall guys over a Jackbox game any day because it's like a new low stakes fun social thing. My only bummer is like, man, you should be able to have a room with 90 people, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know 90 people, but yeah. But like a workplace, like <laughs> being like, Hey, everybody I, we work with optional fall right. guys room. And then you're competing. Yeah. That would be colleagues. cool. Yeah. That'd be I fun. feel like that's a game that, in a year is going to have all of that stuff. You know, it's just, they're just going to keep iterating and iterating and iterating. And it's going to be, 
it's going to have like all of that, mm-hmm. you know, functionality. I think, I think the fact that they put out this game and it has gotten so much attention and su- success. I mean, I heard they sold 6 million copies on steam wow. alone. Uh, I, I think that they are, I'm sure going to be uh, supporting it in a big way for a long time. So. I'm so happy for that dev team. Like yeah. I don't actually know how big they are. I've just heard that they are very small. So like just, I wish them all the best. I'm so, so excited for them and their, their incredible success. Tell me about gunfire reborn, because this isn't a game that I uh, have played, but I'm looking at its steam page right now and it looks, uh, it looks very risk of rainy. It looks very fun. Yeah. So again, felt after I got that, my skin on Huntress, I was like, okay, I'm a little burnt out on risk of rain right now. So chilling out. But actually today I just picked up Gunfire Reborn uh, on a recommendation from a, a buddy of mine. And it is a first person shooter, roguelite RPG kind of game. And the characters are very cute. You, when you, um, when you first open it up, you only have the option to play this sort of cat character who has sort of a big sort of samurai hat, but there's also a dog character and a bird that you can eventually level up into. And yeah, very risk of rainy in the sense that you're sort of running through levels and killing hordes of enemies and finishing off a big, a big boss and warping into the next section. But everything you're picking up in the game, you have scrolls that you can get like a cursed scroll that will just hurt you. Um, or you can get like legendary scrolls and they'll help you gain more health over time compared to the damage you're doing. Um, you can do, you have a secondary ability. So the cat, you have your guns that you can switch through. So you have two of them and then the base gun and uh, a secondary ability, which sort of shoots a smoke bomb out. And then your primary ability, which is sort of a stunning orb that, that you release. So you can level up those two additional abilities and then everything else, all the drops are like, cool different guns to try out so in the games i played today there's like a big dragon cannon so it looks kind of like a like a fish bone almost with a big dragon maw it shoots out a a gravity thing almost like zarya style alt that pulls everybody in that's really cool so that gives you a chance to like pull everybody in if you're playing with your team they can all sort of kill everybody who's in that area um there's like crazy machine guns there's guns that you charge up and they'll get like a bigger spray like it's just very interesting sort of like uh like risk of rain meets borderlands almost yes that is exactly what somebody said i have hmm. uh, uh but yeah it's just very fun the art style is super cute uh pretty challenging um but yeah very very fun fun kind of gameplay i really really enjoyed yeah. my taste of it today again that's called gunfire reborn and uh it's uh, it's on Steam here for an early access for twelve dollars. So look at that, be cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? A new expansion for Control came out. AWE. It's a second expansion. The first one, Foundation. Um, I was given a review code for this, uh, but I don't think you're worried about that changing my opinion about it. <laughs> um, I loved Control. I love the Foundation. AWE expansion um, has teased. Um, it brings uh, Alan Wake, and it's kind of this connected universe, the Remedy universe. It's incredible. It felt a little shorter to me than my time with Foundation. There's some side missions in AWE that I did not do um, or haven't done yet, I should say. 
Um, but I really, really enjoyed this expansion. It is definitely more control than it is Alan Wake. It's not as if all of a sudden Jesse is, you know, now playing by the rules uh, or the gameplay mechanics brought uh, set forth in Alan Wake. It is still very much control. Um, but there's a new weapon, uh, a new power, and it plays to, I think, some of the strengths and homage of Alan Wake and, and, there are some more horror tensiony moments that feel very evocative of, of Alan Wake. And I, I really like the way it embraces um, the kind of light mechanic that, that Alan Wake was known for and seeing that brought into controls world and universe. Um, it, it's just, it's really fun to play and cool to see. And then again, for like it being a expansion, the amount of, uh, collectibles and things that you can pick up and read that keep adding more both to kind of the legend of the oldest house, but also the events of Alan Wake and things that went on around it. I'd be lying if I said I understood all of it because <laughs> yeah, I probably, at least 30% of the stuff I read in that game, I'm like, I don't quite know what it's saying, but I love this. Uh, <laughs> and that that still applied to me for AWE. Um, but it's really cool. Like there are, I would love to see the, you know, the red yarn corkboard chart that connects all of these things wherever it is and whatever office or home, because the way all of this stuff kind of interconnects and I guess the rules that are allowed to be broken because of the world that control is set in, there are so many possibilities. You know, we talked about uh, Ratchet and Clank and like seeing Miles Morales or something in that like that's what control gave us, right? Like it yeah. gave us Alan Wake in control. And it wasn't just like a wink. It was like, no, here we go. Strap in. We're going to, we're going to talk through this and it all makes sense. Um, really great. I played it on PC and again with the DLS S 2.0, I think it's still called 2.0 and um, uh, ray tracing in that game. It is just absolutely, absolutely stunning. Um, the foundation and AWE are one of my favorite gaming experiences that I've had this year. It, it feels like, you know, combined, whatever that was, a six-hour, you know, sequel or, or compendium mm-hmm. to to the main game. Um, I should say, and then I'll stop because I'm just gushing at this point. Uh, I am fairly, uh, I think 100% certain you need to finish the campaign before you can play um, AWE. But mm-hmm. the collector's edition or complete edition is out on Steam now if you've been waiting um and then honestly i haven't been totally following the whole upgrade path i think it's only for the complete edition on ps4 which is re-releasing it seems weird it seems like they're not maybe handling that the best in terms of ps4 to ps5 um yeah content of the game itself is absolutely phenomenal oh oh, oh, i should mention this sorry chat mentioned sorry sorry um they added uh accessibility like difficulty stuff so you can go in and make yourself invincible like the game originally didn't have any difficulty. Um, so that's just one of the things you can do. You can have like your power regenerate faster and there's stuff that you can go in and tweak and there are more checkpoints now also. So if you were put off by difficulty or some of there was like checkpoints that were kind of far from boss battles, they have uh, remedied huh, huh, some mm-hmm. of that. Well. 
They remedied it to reduce the max pain that you receive. Oh my gosh. Ooh, man. I had a quantum <laughs> break. Well, they just, I'm just saying they give you a lot of control so that you stay in Alan Wake. I don't know. No, no, no. I, I didn't, I didn't stick a landing, guys. It's been so fun, you guys. I really got to go. I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, Christian, are you excited for next week when, you're, uh, when your video card becomes garbage? Are you excited about uh, that? I've already thrown it away. Yeah, it is a piece of garbage that needs to go in the trash can uh, in in, a, in about a week. But, but right now, it's the top of the line thing. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, but I'm I'm scared. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, my playlist. Uh, I want to talk. Boy, Lena's here, so I really want to talk about the Girl of Glass, but. I don't think I'm going to have time for that. Uh, but you'll have to come back on because I want to tell you about that because I think you'll you'll dig that game. Oh. Um, I want to I want to talk about Wasteland 3 because it came out this week. And it's a game I've been very, very excited for. I think I kickstarted it like three years ago, something like that. Uh, but now it's available on Game Pass, so I didn't even need to do that. Uh, I had it. I already owned it on multiple platforms because of Game Pass. Anyway, I've been playing it on PC. This is from In Exile Entertainment, one of my favorite studios. I love In Exile. I love the Bard's Tale games. I love the fact that they went so hard and so good on VR and made a Mage's Tale. And uh, I just think they're a really cool studio and uh, very excited for Wasteland 3. Top-down, turn-based role-playing games are my favorite of anything, my favorite thing of anything, um, my favorite game of all time, Ultima Seven. Uh, it's it, it's just that's what I love. Wasteland Three is very, very, very good, but also I kind of don't want to play it because uh, it is excellent. The systems are fantastic. There are so many options, so many little granular options. That makes a hardcore PC role-playing guy like me from way back just love it. All the fiddly little bits of messing with my party out, uh, my party composition, and subbing people in and subbing people out, and making the all the skills complementary, and all the number of skills that you can upgrade, and all the attributes you can upgrade, and the inventory management, and modding your weapons, and outfitting your team, and messing with your vehicle in this game, and there's so many wonderful things and the combat is fantastic, super addictive. I love it. It's it's basically like um like an XCOM inside a role-playing game. So you have all these wonderful role-playing game things like, you know, charming animals or hacking robots or um, you know, wonderful options from a role-playing game's perspective, but inside a dynamic tactical battle system with cover and flanking and um yeah you know all these wonderful complementary skill sets and item things that you can use and you know tossing a grenade at a group of enemies is is so satisfying and like getting in the perfect position and using you know setting up like the how fiddly it is where you can start a fight on your own terms by using sneak so you can like you have a group of six characters or more uh and you can get down to the point where you're you're positioning each of them pre-fight so they are in the perfect position so when you take this sneaky attack from the first guy when your sniper takes out a dude or you use a a cool item to trigger the attack to trigger the fight 
everybody's in the perfect spot. Like all of that is so my jam, just how detailed and tactical and fun it all is. And yet, man, just the universe is exhausting to me at this point. It, it, it is, it is a post-apocalyptic, cynical, dark, gross place to be that is built on the back. And I know this is the Wasteland franchise. I know it is, it is, you know, decades of being like this in the franchise. But man, the it, it's just juvenile humor that I find... I just don't have any patience for at this point in the world, the world, the way it is and what we're going through. It's just not fun for me to look at a pile of dead baby bodies and hear a joke in the game about it, or, you know, walk into the brothel in the game and see, you know, the, the room with the, the prostitute and then the room with the goat, you know, like this is nothing. It's just not funny and not fun. And the fact that, you know, skills are called sneaky S-H-I-T, you know, it's like, that's the skill category. It's just, I find it exhausting. And it's set in, in this like post-apocalyptic Colorado where everyone is awful and people, there's piles of bodies everywhere. And it's just all so dark, but played for laughs. And I just the world way it is right now, just the tone is just rubbing me the wrong way. And it bums me out because the game is excellent. So I'm sure that says more about me than the game. And I'm kind of embarrassed a a little bit that I kind of can't take it anymore to be in that kind of a world. But the honest truth is what happened is Wasteland 3 was so good that it made me reinstall Divinity Original Sin 2. (laughs) <laughs> and I really want to replay Divinity Original Sin 2 now because I realized I, I own but have not played the Definitive Edition, which has all kinds of improvements. And I really want to replay Divinity Original Sin 2 because it's like, uh, while that game also is is you know has dark stuff in it, it just feels like a much better place to be in right now. So there's that. But I, I do think Wasteland 3 is excellent and i think most people who are into those type of games will find a lot to love in it i just it just can't i can't psychically take it anymore the at least these days that there's just i just don't want to find out more about the story i'm not compelled i like finding getting to the next combat sequence i like getting the next cool item i like unlocking the next cool skill but the dialogue and it the dialogue is all well acted it's all you know, written fine. I just, I'm just not interested in it. Yeah. Call me crazy. Isn't that like, as far as wastelandy thematic dialogue, isn't that like a mildly, I don't want to be super aggressive. I'm not meaning to sort of poo poo anything that people are really into, but isn't that kind of a tired take of being like, isn't this gnarly? Ha 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 ha. Yeah. yeah. It, I think it is, but the word I was trying to come up with earlier was precedent. There, there is this precedent for, uh, for Wasteland as a franchise. Like it's, it's built on, you know, these very old games that, so in one sense, if you're going to do a game called Wasteland three, I guess you need to retain that sensibility because that's what the franchise is kind of known for is this kind of 
But it's just so, it's such like 13 year old boy humor. Can't, can't the um, franchise grow with the probable base? You can. I, I'd like to think you could. I'd like to think you could. I, I understand you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I wish In Exile had had a little more courage to, and you know, obviously this game, they've been working on it for five or more years. So the world was a lot different when they started making it. Yeah. But in a sense, and in other ways, not at all, right? But um, you're right. I, it, it does feel tired. It does feel exhausting. And it does feel just tone deaf. And I, I'm just not interested in that anymore. It uh, almost I mean, sounds like you need to talk about something that looks like a little bit lighter, uh, seems like a little bit happier, possibly. Maybe you should take a little time to talk about The Girl of Glass. All right, I will. I, I think I think this game is uh, could not be more opposite to Wasteland Three, uh, other than the fact that they both have turn based combat. But um, the Girl of Glass is it's called uh, the Girl of Glass: A Summer Bird's Tale, uh, and this is uh, not even out yet. I got a, a early um, early code for this game. Um, it is a kind of a throwback to old point and click adventure games like kind that i grew up with like king's quest and uh games like that you know uh day of the tentacle and stuff like that um gorgeous 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 art i mean it all looks hand painted um the animations are straight out of an animated uh tv show or film it is just gorgeous and you play as this girl of glass who um is a uh an attraction at the circus because she's made out of glass and uh, you start on this adventure um, it, at the circus. The whole game feels very French. I don't actually know if it is French, but it feels very French. The publisher uh, looks German. Oh, maybe it's German, uh, but if it, I guess I should say European, but it felt very French to me that the, the narrator, the all the narration in the game is done by this wonderful voice actress who uh, kind of has this strange dialect um, uh, it sounded French to me, but perhaps it is German. Perhaps it's, perhaps I'm just mis, uh, attributing it, but, uh, it's just all delightful. It, it is, it is such a, um, a light, lovely game, but then there's this turn-based combat that is actually kind of interesting in it that you, you learn, you end up, uh, in the early on in the game, you find the strong girl who's like the, you know, the, every circus has a strong person that lifts things for the <laughs> public's delight. And the strong girl tells you how to fight, teaches you how to fight. Uh, but you get more and more uh, abilities and, and the, the, the combat is, you know, it's not the centerpiece of the game by any stretch. It's still a point and click adventure where you find an item, it goes into your inventory, you then use that item to solve some sort of puzzle. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're taking a thing, getting past a door. It's very, it's a very slow paced game. You're walking around and you're doing what you do in, Point and click adventure games. You're looking for the hot spot. You're looking for the place where your cursor turns into something that can click on something. Um, but I found it to be lovely. The music is great. The art is just exquisite. And every time you get to a new screen or a new location, it feels like a reward in and of itself because of how gorgeous it is. Um, so I, I highly recommend this. I think the reason I wanted to talk about it with you, Lana, is that I just think the art is so stunning and the the writing is really lovely i just think it's something that you might like 
The backgrounds are beautiful. I'm looking at the uh, the Steam page now. It does say the planned release date is September 2020. So yeah, I think it comes out in just a couple of weeks, um, or maybe one week. Um, yeah, so I got a I got a, just an early review copy of it, and and I'm I'm still relatively early in the game. I have not finished it, but it it feels like a lovely release valve type game where I can just kind of it's slow, it's lovely, it's not assaulting my senses with you know the macabre. <laughs> it's so uh, interested yeah. in that the the combat because it does seem like something that could even possibly just stand on its own just being sort of like the puzzly uh point and click yeah. stuff but even looking at the trailer like their combat uh i'm intrigued by it because it's not like it's her in combat every time there's like sometimes right. where it's like two other characters and it just makes me be like oh i wonder who they are i'm gonna yeah it it's um it's a strange mashup and and one that i think works really well. I mean, I love turn-based combat at all in anything. And yeah, it's like party-based. I mean, it feels very much like a, um, um, uh, like an old uh, JRPG in in a lot of senses, uh, like that, but, uh, it's got some interesting systems in the, in the combat of how you can knock someone, uh, out before you finish them off. And then you can kind of recover from being knocked out uh, if you're able to not be hit again while you're in this sort of knocked out state uh, and she gets some cool abilities. It's a, uh, it's a lovely game that I hope more people pay attention to. It's called the girl of glass, a summer bird's tale. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. But Lana Bashinsky, yeah. oh my goodness, it's always so much fun talking to you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, uh, yeah, very happy. Great way to spend my Sunday evening. Awesome. Uh, tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the things you've got going on online. Sure. Online, the best way to contact me is definitely on Twitter. I am at Latienai. That is L-A-T-I-E-N-I-E. Um, I also have a couple, I have a website also. I do long form realistic charcoal drawings and I have a couple prints up there. You can find that at Lana Uh They're stunning. They are stunning. Thank you. Um, They're so good. You can probably check the spelling for it. Like in the episode description, my name's pretty long. Um, so Lana Bashinsky.com for those. And then I do have like a couple other things coming up. One of them is I mentioned it earlier in the show about the VFX apprentice. Go to at, VFX Apprentice on Twitter to check out more about learning how to do in-game VFX yourself. And then finally, I actually have coming up on September 11th, a seven and a half hour stream uh, with Riot Games, where I will be hosting and moderating for all the different game teams across Riot, including Valorant, Legends of Runeterra, League of Legends. We'll be doing live demo reel reviews. Um, an AMA. There's a lot of stuff planned. We have the schedule up on another Twitter account that we just created for the Riot Animation Team. We are at Rat Animators, R-A-T Animators. And uh, yeah, check it out. So somebody finally got hip to the fact that they got to put you on camera and that you are <laughs> an awesome host. Uh, sort of. They're kind of like, do you think anybody would want to do this? And I'll be like, I'll take that. Thank you. What's this? I'd like that too. Thank you. Yeah, well, so. I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna knock it out of the park, and then they're gonna be you're gonna be like their go-to uh, hostess with the mostess. Ooh, we'll see. That'd be pretty pretty cool. So fingers yeah. crossed. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, Christian Spicer. What about you? What do you got going on this week? 
Well, I think it's on September 11th, uh, Christian and Jeff characters for League of Legends uh, get announced with the <laughs> video that I'm very excited to see. Um, it does yeah. seem weird that we would be announced through a K-pop video, but you know, they had, they had what they wanted. They had they, to get they went us in those, those tiny costumes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then they had to get us out of those tiny costumes. <laughs> Sometimes you have to speak your truth into the world to make it so. You know what I mean? If you say it, yeah. it'll, come, it'll come true. Um, Twitter's the best way at Spicer to keep in touch. Starting here on the 4th with um, uh, Avengers uh, going live, I plan to stream every night from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Pacific time on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. I'm sure there will That's be awesome. one-off nights there where I, where I miss for something because it's like, hey, kids are up yelling still, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the plan is 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. starting on September 4th uh, with Avengers. Jeff, we have talked about um, playing together. It should be It should be good times. You didn't so much ask me as just shout Avengers Assemble, and then I was required to show up. So I'm a of our K-pop recording. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm super excited, uh, which is why it's so ridiculous that I even reinstalled Divinity Original Sin 2, because like all I want to do is play that game now. And it's who, how? Avengers coming out. There's like 12 no, other, other things. Just play Divinity, and I'll just pretend like one of my... A- I'll be like, Jeff, you stink. It'll just be like the AI Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's clearly like a, not good at games. Like a soundboard that you get of Jeff just being like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry." Bad play, bad play. I'm sorry. That reminds me when we were doing the Totally Rad Show and we were doing those 24 hour um, uh, extra life streams back when they first started in the early 2000s. Uh, we had one where the the last game we played was Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and Dan Trachtenberg, friend of the show, Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, literally was falling asleep in his chair because we were up for 24 hours playing video games for 24 hours straight for charity and uh, he was falling asleep and we were all playing this co-op game of of marvel ultimate alliance and his character would just walk to the edge of the screen and just keep you know like that animation walk animation in place but it can't go any farther you know because he just fell asleep and his thumb was on the the stick and it was so funny because he just couldn't keep his eyes open but he kept pushing the stick forward and we just see that little character moving forward and trying to walk good times good times um where were we what were we doing parting parting gifts right uh no i gotta tell my i gotta do my plug you're up i gotta do my plugs um hey i'm on uh, i'm on cameo and i just did my 20th limerick today on cameo what is what do those words all mean you ask well let me tell you uh cameo is an app where you get to uh to buy, purchase a uh, personalized greeting from people, usually uh, like D and C and D list celebrities. Uh, and then there's also me, uh, which is even not even on, on the scale of, of that. Uh, but on the Flash Film Cast, I do limericks for movie reviews. And uh, a bunch of people s- suggested that I start doing limericks for sale. So I'm on Cameo. You can, uh, you can get me to say a message or a limerick uh, for any occasion. I have done uh, anniversaries and birthdays, and I have done just pick-me-ups and feel-good things. Uh, I also did the announcement of uh, a a child coming into the world, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and um, people seem to enjoy 
my limericks. So I'm officially a um, professional poet. I think that's that's what that means. Um, so check me out at cameo.com slash Jeff Kanata. Uh, I also, like I said, do the slash filmcast. You can find that at slash filmcast.com. Uh, we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted 3 this week, so check that out. We also do science and comedy mixed together on a show called We Have Concerns. Do that with Anthony Carboni. Uh, we just did a bonus episode about uh, the Neuralink, which was pretty wild and fun. Uh, check that out at wehaveconcerns.com. And then, of course, there's the Dungeon Run. The Dungeon Run, uh, so much fun. What an amazing episode last week with uh, a crazy virtual map uh that was this wild uh cavern that they built in vr you have to see it uh, check out the dungeon run on youtube by searching for the dungeon run or you can listen to it as an audio podcast by searching for the dungeon run there or watch us live on wednesday nights at 6 p.m pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run all right let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts hey give us a suggestion Lana, do you have a recommendation to help people get through their week? I do. Absolutely. Uh, and if anybody uh, heard me, I, I went on uh, Danish's podcast the other week, and I recommended this there too, so you can just tune out. Um, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Have either of you seen this show? Uh, you know, I've, I've seen clips of it, but I've never watched a full episode. But people love it. It is. It's like a Capcom fighting game. Yeah. In. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh! It is. I mean, it was also a, a, a manga, manga before the the anime. It is so good. I did not know what to expect going into it, uh, episode to episode. I definitely know more what to expect, but even three seasons in, it, there really is like anything could happen. Uh, my favorite JoJo's Bizarre Adventure tidbit from the author was that when they were saying, how did you think of all this weird things for these characters to do? He just said, well, it's supposed to be a bizarre adventure. So I thought it was <laughs> a yeah. weird thing. But yeah. it really is. It follows Jojo like through his lineage. So the first Jojo you encounter is um, Jonathan Joestar. And then the next Jojo in the next season is his grandson, Joseph Joestar. And then in the next hmm. season, it's his grandson, Jotaro Kujo Jojo. And this is like a Rogue Legacy, the anime. Oh, my gosh. But it is like truly absurd. Like there's a point in time, like when I was watching the first season, where you'd watch an episode and you're like, okay, it's really, it's pretty over the top. I get it. And then the next episode, it's like they ignored everything that happened in the first episode, and it's entirely new, weird things happening. Like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. I get it now, though. And then the awesome. third episode, it throws it all away again. But it is hilarious, like deeply, deeply funny and quirky and strange. And the JoJo's and the villain Dio are just so... I love them so much, especially second Jojo, Joseph Joestar is the best Jojo. Jotaro, close second so far. I've only seen three seasons, but man, they are, it's great. It's on Hulu. Um, I think it's on Netflix as well. I'm not quite sure though. I watch it on Hulu. It's fantastic. So silly. A great way. 20 minute episodes too. So it's just like lunch break, take 20 minutes, laugh, enjoy this weird thing, and then go back to whatever you're going to do. Awesome. 
JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Christian Spicer, what's your parting gift? A two for one, you can go to vote.org to see if you are registered to vote, to register to vote, to look up your state's requirements about uh, registering to vote, when you got to get registered by, ways you can vote, mail, absentee, in person, and stuff like that. It is, again, vote.org. Um, go make sure you're registered to vote and that you have a plan. Second, I'm very late to this. Um, I think the stills of the art style kind of put me off and I just wasn't that into it. But Harley Quinn on DC Universe or HBO Max, um, it is a mature cartoon. Hard R. Hard Hard R. Definitely not for kids, but it is fantastic. So good. I just heard the hard R. I saw the art style. And I'm like, that's not Batman animated adventure. You know, <laughs> animated series. Yeah. Um, it looks, I think, better in motion than it does in stills. And I cannot believe DC lets them send up these characters. This isn't even like season two Arrowverse where it's like, oh, what a weird take on this character. It's like Batman, Robin, Jim Gordon, Joker. Harley Quinn, Penguin, Penguin's nephew, <laughs> Poison Ivy. Yeah. Poison Ivy. I mean, it is the the hits, all of them. And the takes are both authentic to the characters, but also such oh, and Clayface. Oh my gosh. Clayface. So funny. Clayface is so good. It but there's is- like throwaway I, it's like it's like Batman by way of arrested development. You know, it's so funny. Well, Harley, it's Harley Quinn, right? Like it totally embraces that. Yeah. And Harley Quinn totally fits in a rest of development style of like um, joke structure. It's, it's so, it's so very well done. I, I laugh out loud consistently during episodes. Um, and just, uh, they're very smart. Characters. Yes. Are, and it gets better. I would say the first episode I liked, but it was probably the worst um, and then it just keeps getting better. I liked the first and it took off. It's Harley Quinn. It's on DC Universe and HBO Max. My parting gift is also on HBO Max. Have either of you heard of this new documentary called Class Action Park? I've not. Heard of, haven't watched. You got you got to watch it. If you have HBO Max, you got to watch it. It is wild. I had never heard of this thing. It's because I grew up on the West Coast. But I guess if you grew up on the East Coast... You heard about this place, or if you grew up in the 80s, that is, uh, you you heard about this place called Action Park, which is a real theme park in New Jersey in the 80s and early 90s that basically everyone got injured at. <laughs> it was the what people are scared of about theme parks, this actually was. Like the irrational fear that people have of getting hurt or killed at a theme park. This was that for real. Uh, It was a water park that just had no rules that let people just get hurt. They said it is a wild documentary. You see tons of archival footage. Uh, You hear from a lot of people that work there. And it's just this walk down memory lane of all of the awful and crazy wacky things that happened. I mean, they built rides without any engineers they just built them oh no based on a wacky idea like there's a a like seven story tall water slide that has a loop de loop in it and they didn't they tested oh. it with employees oh, my and they would just 
get to the top of the loop and then gravity would take hold and it would slam them down and they would lose teeth and break their face and then it's just like just insanity it's insanity so it's a it's called class action park uh and it's on hbo max it i recommend it it is uh, some good watching an hour and a half good watching uh we also got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to dlcfeedback at gmail.com, which is where you can send your parting gifts if you'd like to make them uh, available to us on the show or any questions or comments you have. We welcome those at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This one comes from Michael, who says, Hey guys, love the show. Wanted to suggest a parting gift. Well, sort of, since it's a game. Your discussion the other day of Manifold Garden reminded me of another great game, but I think it may have flown under a lot of people's radar at the time. Antichamber. It came out on Steam back in 2013, and at the time, it felt like uh, the next mind-melting step from games like Portal. I think one of the keywords being thrown around a lot was non-Euclidean geometry. The game is kind of a mysterious maze that you must escape, but rather than a single gameplay gimmick that you have to apply in many different ways, there are many different sets of rules that govern different rooms, as well as different tools that you can acquire to help you through them. Definitely one of my favorite brain-melting games that I put on a shelf with things like Portal, Braid, Fez, The Witness, etc. If anyone failed to check it out when it was released, I highly recommend it. Keep up the great work, and thanks for endeavoring to make the world a better place. Thank you, Michael. Um, Antichamber, did you play that, Christian? I think you did, right? I did. I honestly don't remember. Like, I sounded familiar when I was looking at the show notes. I was like, I should look this up to see if I play it. I think I did, but... it was so long ago, Jeff. <laughs> it's good. It's a good game. It's a good game. I recommend it as well. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Lana Bashinsky and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us in real time, making the show better. We appreciate you fact-checking us in real time. Uh, thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star, for those cool bumpers. Thanks to all of you who download the show. We appreciate you, and we'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.